Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Friday, it's January 6th, it's 2023. We have an 11-game NBA slate to talk about here on today's podcast. I'm joined by TJ. You got to do last Friday, it's like back-to-back Fridays. You get another big slate here on a Friday. Rocking the Rugrats like hoodie, like one of my favorite shows as a kid. So uh, I'm digging it. So what's happening, TJ? Ready to dive into some NBA with you. I mean, every now and then, if you want to bring me in for a four-game slate, you're more than welcome to. But (laughs) happy to hang out with you for uh, the next hour and dive into these 11 games. We got a surprising amount of news for the night before. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how... I still feel like we'll, we'll get some news, like, throughout the day tomorrow. But, like, Donovan Mitchell being ruled out is... It's kind of big. Um, it was Embiid, right? Embiid's out as well. So Embiid's out as well. I feel like there was yeah. something else. But like LeBron, There's... LeBron already ruled in, whereas he had been out. Yeah. Um. Nice. Uh, Bradley Beal already ruled out. So yeah, I mean, a lot to a lot to discuss. Um, what's up, YouTube? Hope everyone's having a fantastic Thursday night. First Look Podcast, as always, always appreciate everyone hanging out over there on YouTube. Had someone message me the other day. If you go to Rotogrind or YouTube and just search Rotogrinders Morning Grind, you'll see the podcast. It will show nothing really on home, but if you hit the live tab, that will be where you can see all the podcasts. But because we record live, so I don't tend to put anything up on the home screen because, yeah, it's a First Look Podcast. Watch it live, hang out with us. Um, so, 
Again, hope everyone's having a fantastic Thursday. Let's jump into this NBA slate with Portland at Indiana taking on the Pacers. Pacers, a one-point favorite. We got a 231.5 total. Kind of a banger game to get started with here. Like, this is a really solid basketball game. As far as the injuries go in this game, on the Pacers side, I mean, Tice is out, but he's been out, so nothing really... But Grant is questionable for Portland. Nurkic is probable. Gary Payton is questionable. And Winslow remains out. Uh, talk to me here. What do you like for Portland? On Portland's, I mean, Indiana is such a, a good matchup for uh, for fantasy that it's kind of, I always want to be playing somebody, uh, the team that's going up against them. And so I don't mind getting to some Lillard. But uh, outside of that, it really just kind of, depends for me i want to know about jeremy grant still obviously nurkic is questionable we're expecting him to roll out there but without little without winslow and without jeremy grant all of a sudden their three four position is looking pretty slim and it maybe give me some interest in somebody like a josh hart as well yeah i mean i would if grant sits i have a ton of interest in josh hart in this game um nurkic probable I think, you know, he's someone you could potentially play in this spot. Um, I think Trent and Watford would even be potentially in play as value. Sharp, too. I think Sharp is someone that could potentially, like, if this game goes a little bit smaller, Sharp could be someone that gets a few extra minutes. Um, I like the Josh Hart call a lot. I think he's someone that, coming off of a bad game shooting, you know, hopefully – at 6,500, that kind of turns people away. Um, Simons went back to kind of just playing a, a supportive role to Lillard the other night. I mean, you could take shots on Lillard if you wanted to, but, I mean, this is a great spot. Indiana is a great team to target against. They play at a top 10 pace. I think they're eighth in pace, and they're like 23rd in defensive rating. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I like Portland a lot in this game. Let's go to the Pacers' side. I mean, before before we exit oh. Portland, I do want to say I'm just I'm quite a bit more interested in them on FanDuel than I am on DraftKings. Um, basically, all of them are at least five hundred dollars cheaper over there, except for use of Nurkic, who is nine hundred dollars more expensive. But Lillard, ninety one hundred dollars. Anthony Simon, sixty two. Jo- uh, Josh Hart, six K. I would I'd rather get to all of these guys over there. Fair enough. Uh, Pacers side. What do you like here for Indiana? Not a ton. You can always play Tyrese Halliburton. Um, you can always play Miles Turner in tournaments. And that's pretty much all that I'm interested in for these guys. Yeah, I mean, Halliburton, if you're kind of playing like one or two, it, I think it really depends on like if Grant sits. Excuse me. Um, if Grant sits, I think that's where Portland becomes way more interesting. So if you're doing that, I think you can take shots on like Halliburton and Turner, Buddy Heald type plays. Um, I mean, we're seeing like random minutes for like Neesmith. We're seeing, I just don't know how you could trust these guys. Numhard, I mean, he played 40 minutes the other night against Philly and did absolutely nothing. So I, I think if I'm looking at Indiana, I'm looking at Halliburton, Turner, or Heald. Um, moving on. Chicago at, yeah, Chicago at Philadelphia. Yeah. 220 
I mean, this there, so there's a two twenty four and a half, there's a two twenty seven and a half, and there's a two twenty eight and a half on the board. Um, all the lines have Philadelphia minus four and a half. So I mean, we'll go with that on the Chicago side. Ball remains out. Caruso and Green are questionable. And then on the 76er side, we already kind of said it. Joel Embiid out. Talk to me. What do you like here for Chicago? I mean, before we even dive into the DFS side of things, did the books just kind of not realize that Embiid's already been ruled out? Like, if there's lines to bet with Chicago with Philly favorite, even at home there, I kind of like this on the on the Chicago side. I understand Philly's still a capable team without Joel Embiid, but they don't have a whole lot of depth. And I really like the Chicago side of that one from a betting standpoint. Um, but from a DFS standpoint, Vucevic and Zach Levine still have very tempting price tags, very capable ceilings with those price tags, low 7Ks for both of them. Um, Vucevic, where he's 8-1 over on FanDuel, I don't think I'd want to play him, but at 7-3 on DK, sign me up. Levine's got a great, great price tag on both sites, and uh, DeMar DeRozan absolutely in play as well. It's really always just the big three for me and nobody else. However, if we were to get Caruso and Jalen Green out, then maybe if I was playing lots of lineups, I would take a shot on uh, Io, Patrick Williams, but more likely Colby White because he's even cheaper, and I think he's got the highest ceiling of those three. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I mean... For me, looking at Chicago, it's Vooch. I just don't with I mean Harrell, if Harrell ends up getting like that like twenty six to thirty minute roll again. Vooch should crush Trez. Sorry, Trez, but Vooch should crush him in this spot. So I like Vooch a lot. I don't mind taking tournament shots on Levine or DeRozan, but I'm with you. I don't really play secondary pieces, especially on like 11-game slate. Three-game slates, four-game slates. I mean, Patrick Williams plays a ton of minutes, but that's really it. Philadelphia, I mean, James Harden at 10-1 is one of my favorite plays on the slate. His usage is just insane without Embiid on the floor. He's going to put up 20-plus shots. He's going to play a gazillion minutes in this game. I mean, if Harrell plays and starts again it's hard not to have a ton of interest in him i I mean a lot of us were kind of hoping it was going to be paul reed and he didn't even he didn't even play i mean it was weird but harold harold played 28 minutes off the bench last it was off the bench yeah start yeah pj tucker was the starting five yeah so i mean if reed starts i have interest (laughs) but i just i've been doing yeah when i've been doing crunch time lately i feel bad because like my overall whole thoughts and strategies i've been telling people they've been going great but there's been a couple 1v1 specifically that i just have dropped the ball on uh today it was uh somebody asked um what was it sorry i'm already losing my train of thought here but um absolutely absolutely tanked it but i do feel good about the other day somebody asked when pj tucker was starting do I play PJ Tucker or Montrez Harrell? And I went, oh God, oh God, never play PJ Tucker. The answer is Montrez Harrell. Yeah, PJ Tucker is that guy. Um, oh, that it guy. was, I told somebody to play Reggie Jackson over Tyus Jones, and I'm feeling like an absolute goof for that. It happens, man. I mean, you're going to be wrong. I mean, you just want to be right more than you're wrong at the end of the day. So, uh, what do you like here for the 76ers? James Harden, Tobias Harris is fine. 
Um, I don't think I on a slate this big, I really feel the need to get to any D'Anthony Melton. Um, like if I was running 150, I would be very tempted to get like largely over the field on whatever Tyrese Maxey is. Um, 36 minutes in his last game. We've seen him go crazy in the past without Embiid. Obviously Harden is here, but he's somebody for tournaments that I'd be interested in. And I don't think he's going to be coming in very highly owned. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of it. My thoughts on Philly. I don't really have any more. Um, so 11 game slate. We'll keep rolling here. We got New York at Toronto taking on the Raptors, uh, two twenty and a half total in this one. The Raptors, a two and a half point favorite on the Knicks side. I mean, Barrett's out. And then on the Raptors side, Porter jr. Is out. Pias or Siakam Pascal Siakam is available. That's all it says. It doesn't say probable. It just says available. Uh, talk to me here about the Knicks. This is just a wild game stack spot in general because we got two coaches who will run out these starters for 40 minutes a piece here. Um, and I think we're just going to see a lot, a lot, a lot of minutes on this one. So on the Knicks side of things, Jalen Brunson is probably going to be my favorite play. He is still way too underpriced for his current role without RJ, uh, RJ Barrett out there. He should be a 9K player and he's still below 8K. And so Jalen Brunson on both sites is going to be my favorite play, followed by uh, Julius Randle. I would rather get to him on FanDuel where he's 10-1 as opposed to, as opposed to uh, DK where he's 10-6. Raptors play a great defensive game. I just worry a little bit about that 10-6 price tag, how high his ceiling is on a 12 games, on an 11-game slate here. He's been putting up 60-plus points just like crazy lately. So um, don't get me wrong. Absolutely play Julius Randle. His price is just starting to catch up to uh, that upside a little bit. Julius Randle is just, I mean, he's on another level right now. Uh, you know, he's just, he's playing in, incredible. Double doubles. I worded, I, worded that, I worded that so poorly. I want to be clear. I was trying to give a negative as to why I like Brunson better. Yeah, but they're still both great. <laughs> yeah, no, I get, it. I, I get what you're saying. Randall has a double double in nine of the last ten games. Um, I mean, he's playing 40 minutes a night, and just a guy that absolutely crushes. So, I like Randall a lot. I like Brunson. He's 7900. He has he's plenty capable of big games, and he came back from missing like what was it a week or so, and played 39 and 40 minutes. Um, in like that's all you needed to see. 27 shots against the Spurs the other night. Um, just an incredible spot for um, Brunson and Randall. Really, for the rest of the season, for right now, with Barrett. Well, until Barrett comes back. Um, not the rest of the season, but in, at least until Barrett comes back. And honestly, quickly, too. Like, he's still playing 40-plus minutes right now as well. And <laughs> his ceiling is not as high with, with Jalen Brunson in there. Um, but he's still a solid play. He's going to pick up a ton of minutes. Like, those three players you're looking at 38 plus for all of them. Um, I don't think this is a night where I'd want to take a shot on Quentin Grimes, even though he's another player playing 36, 37, 38 minutes every single night. Um, and Mitch Robinson, you can always take shots on in tournaments because he'll play minutes if he doesn't, if he can stay out of foul trouble, but this does feel like a game where we could end up seeing Randall at the five. Um, and so like, 
Randall and Brunson, I think, are top-tier plays. Quickly is a strong play. And Grimes and Robinson, especially Robinson, are good GPP flyers. I would like Quickly a lot more if Brunson wasn't back. But, I mean, he's still going to play a bunch of minutes. He's going to be on the floor. At 6,300, I'm probably off of him today. Um, I'm just going to prioritize, you know, taking shots on Randall and Brunson here. On the Toronto side, I mean, Pascal Siakam is really expensive here at 10-2. But, I mean, he put up 76 fantasy points against this team earlier this year, 52 actual points. So, the ceiling is there. Um, Any night with Pascal Siakam, I mean, Scotty Barnes has been playing fantastic here recently it's hard not to have interest in in one of Siakam or Barnes. And then I think Fred Van Vliet at 7,400 is someone that has shown a little bit of upside here recently. It's just the reason you're stacking this game is just, you know exactly where the minutes are going and you're going to get eight guys playing 35 plus minutes in this game. Barnes and Ananobi both have upside. Both are fine. I like Ananobi better than Barnes. I just would rather play Scotty when Van Vliet is out. And I know and Scotty, I know Scotty's gonna be playing the point guard position. But they're both fine. Um if you want to play a Raptor today, and I think you should, because they're in a great spot, play Fred Van Vliet on DraftKings, where he's 7,400 and just a thousand dollars too cheap. 65 points last game. Like this guy has a ceiling ceiling. Um and uh, like he's just a phenomenal play. And then if you want to play Siakam, well, he's $9,600 on FanDuel. Just a phenomenal play over there. Borderline cash game play, and I don't think he's going to get cash game type ownership. So um, beautiful game stack type scenario. I'm not interested in getting too, too deep outside the big three on both of these teams. but uh, Or I guess technically four, but uh, the starters in both these games are in phenomenal spots. All right, we got Brooklyn at New Orleans taking on the Pelicans. This game currently at a 230.5 total. The Nets a 4.5 point favorite. On the Brooklyn side, I mean, TJ Warren is questionable. On the New Orleans side, Willie Hernan Gomez is questionable. Sprained ankle. Larry Nance is questionable. Sore, Sore shoulder. Zion and Ingram remain out. Talk to me here about Brooklyn. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are both always phenomenal tournament plays. Um, Nick Claxton is somewhat interesting. Ben Simmons is way too cheap, and maybe he just flips a switch and is back to playing 30 minutes again. Like $5,600 Ben Simmons, you kidding me? Um, So yeah, I'm interested there. And Kyrie is still a little too cheap for me. don't really want to play Simmons on FanDuel. Um, and, and Durant's always got that upside. Yeah, I mean, for me on Brooklyn, I, I agree with you. Ben Simmons is too cheap on DraftKings at 5,600. Um, I don't know if I get to, to Kyrie today at 87, but, I mean, he's been very, very consistent here recently. Um, over 42 fantasy points in five straight games um, and, like, nine of his last ten. So, Kyrie has been consistent. I think that he's he's definitely in play. Um, you just need him to hit a couple more threes, maybe pick up a couple of more assists. 
But and especially I, I like, if Warren is out, I think I'd yeah. be including like if I was running a lot of lineups, I would I wouldn't want to be xing out Royce O'Neal or Seth Curry out of my pool. Uh, yeah, not like enough. the like Royce isn't the best point per minute guy, but he's still playing thirty five minutes a night. Um, and then Seth, when he's when he's not on, like when he starts on the second unit, he just comes out and chucks. And like last game, he played twenty seven minutes and ten x his salary, and that was off the bench. So um, I think he's an interesting tournament play as well. New Orleans side, I mean, we all kind of were on Najee Marshall the other day. Um, I, I mean, he's going to be playing a bunch of minutes here with Zion and Ingram out. I don't hate the matchup against Brooklyn. He's one of the top value plays at 5K. Um, CJ McCollum at 8,500. Gosh, you just want him to do more, right? Like, he he's doing – he's scoring. He – I mean, he was five for eleven from three the other night. You just you need him to get some secondary stats, or he's just not going to pay off eighty five hundred. Yeah, I think I think CJ's at this price one of the top plays on the slate going up against Brooklyn. This is a close spread. It's in New Orleans. If it's staying close, it's because of CJ McCollum. Um, I would fear maybe a little bit that this game could go small, and uh, this is definitely. Oh, you made fun of me for saying this the other week because this is always how it is with JV, but this is another one of those kind of extra, well, they don't have a center who can match up with him, but Swift's also really quick and he can't, he may not be able to match up with him in a pick and roll. Um, and so JV is either going to be a limited minutes bust or dominate uh, this Brooklyn front court. And so he's a good GPP play. CJ McCollum, I think is a great cash and depending on the ownership tournament play um if we continue to see heavy Najee marshall ownership and not so heavy trey murphy and uh, herbert jones ownership then i will just keep going to herbert jones and trey murphy over Najee marshall but if it's a big slate and they're all all kind of close together then marshall's a phenomenal play as well i'm just not really interested in getting to him at the 40 ish percent ownership he's been at lately Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely want to look at what we're looking at ownership wise. Um, I think Trey Murphy is someone that could be a great pivot. I think Herb Jones is someone that could potentially be a great pivot. He's not going to shoot one time again. So, um, that was, it was such a random line for him the other night to have one shot attempt. I mean, he got fouled a bunch, but yeah, I mean, I have interest in new Orleans. I worry about this game you know, staying close, close. Um, I mean, I like Brooklyn minus four and a half for sure. All right. We got Washington at OKC taking on the thunder Two thirty-one and a half and a half total in this game. The thunder one point favorite in this one, as far as injuries go here on the thunder side, home green remains out. Poku is out. Robinson Earl remains out and Jay Lynn Williams is out. Washington side, you mentioned it earlier. Bradley Beal is out. Taj Gibson is questionable. We'll go Washington first. What do you like here for the Wizards? Porzingis, Kuzma, both always in play without Bradley Beal. Monty Morris, somewhat in play as well. Um, Hachimura has been playing some minutes lately, but I don't think we need him on this slate. Uh, Gafford's got a ceiling. Avdi has always got a ceiling without Brad Beal. I think... um, 
weirdly enough, I think Denny Avdia might be the player on uh, Washington I'd be most likely to play today. But I don't mind Porzingis, Kuzma, or uh, Gafford. I just it's kind. Of, I had, would maybe take a shot on Gafford on DraftKings, where he's not so expensive. But at that center position, I don't really know if you need it. It's just Porzingis and Kuzma. I'd way rather play them on FanDuel than I would on DraftKings. FanDuel's pricing has been so much tighter lately, except for a few exceptions. And these are two of the exceptions today. Porzingis, obviously, you get more points for blocks on FanDuel. um, And he's 9,300. Kyle Kuzma, 77. And so I don't think these are bad plays on DraftKings by any means. I just kind of feel like if you want to get to some Wizards, get them over on FanDuel, where I in terms of the stars, whereas I would rather kind of take shots on some of these cheapies like Gafford and Avdia on DraftKings because they're both $1,000 cheaper over there. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with that. I kind of like Monte Morris on DraftKings as well. Should play around 30 minutes at 5,100. He's capable of 30-plus fantasy points. So, you know, if you get a few extra and he has a ceiling game against the Thunder, I mean, that's a really good spot. So, don't mind him. Um, as far as like the Thunder go, I mean SGA is ninety eight hundred. They look better without him on the court. <laughs> like they look terrible against the Magic after beating Boston by thirty three the night before. Um, I, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, That's just basketball sometimes. The, I the, know, man. It's it was New Year's Day. The Celtics were hungover. Yeah, sure. Um, we'll go. <laughs> like, that's probably what it was. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll go with that. It what was it New Year's Day though? It was the third. They beat him on the third. Yeah, it was a three day hangover. These right, guys okay. aren't these guys aren't twenty one anymore. Tatum's right. probably like twenty two now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, talk to me. What do you like here for the Thunder? Um, I think SGA is fine in tournaments. Um, Josh Giddy's price on DraftKings is somewhat tempting, but. Like they just don't really have anyone over six foot six on this team right now, outside of Mike Muscala. And so the players I'd be most interested in are Mike Muscala, Kendrick, Kendrick, Kenrich Williams, who started at the five for them the other night. Um, Muscala, Kenrich Williams, and Jalen Williams are the three players I'm most interested in getting to because they just don't have any big guys right now. Maybe some Darius Baisley in tournaments if Darius Baisley randomly gets 30 minutes because which he seems to do once out of every five games, just because they have no big guys right now, then he could 10 X his salary in 30 minutes. So if I'm playing lots of lineups, I would definitely want to be vigilant of the starting lineup. This one comes out an hour after lock. Um, and then just try and take some shots on, on some big guys. Like maybe it's Amori, Amor Omarui. I don't know, um, who's a strong point-per-minute producer but never plays. It's just they have, with Robinson Earl, Pokushevsky, Diang, and Jalen Williams out, those are like the four guys that they kind of rotate into that center position outside of Muscala. So with only one left, I am interested in taking some shots on these guys because even though they're risky, most of them are very strong point-per-minute producers. Yeah, I mean, I think my favorite tournament play of the group is going to be Kendrick Williams. We know he's capable of like producing a, a fantasy point per minute. If he were to get like a random, you know, twenty-eight minute bump here, you know, just play four he, or five extra minutes. He feels like the type of guy that they may just run out for thirty-two minutes today and say you're on Kuzma. Yeah, which is okay. That's fine with me. Yeah, like, I, I just want the minutes at thirty-seven hundred. 
on an 11 game slate. I think the production is potentially there. You just need him to stay out of foul trouble, I think is the biggest thing. So he would be the tournament guy that I'd be looking at to like take tournament shots. I think a lot of people are going to end up on like Jalen Williams, which I mean, he's 4,900. That's fine. Interestingly enough, Dort is actually probably going to be the one on Kuzma. And so that kind of has me thinking Porzingis, there's like literally nobody on, on OKC that can match up with Porzingis. Yeah. I mean, play some Porzingis. Charlotte, on Charlotte at Milwaukee. 235 total in this game. 233, 234, 235. Three different lines, three different books. Um, almost all the books have Milwaukee minus 11 in this one, though. On the Charlotte side, Hayward is doubtful. And then on the Milwaukee side, I mean, Chris Middleton's out. Everyone else is probable. Talk to me. What do you like here for Charlotte? Terry Rozier, probably going to be my favorite play for Charlotte. I still like LaMelo Ball, but Terry Rozier, P.J. Washington, both of them underpriced for the injury situations that these teams are currently in. So those two are going to be the guys that I'm going to gravitate to the most. LaMelo Ball with some Drew Holiday defense does worry me a little bit. Um, He still has a wildly high ceiling. I'm never going to tell people not to play LaMelo Ball, but... Terry Rozier is going to be my favorite play on in this one. And then PJ Washington over on DraftKings, where he's 5,400 is going to be my next favorite. And then a Jalen McDaniels at 48 is a, is a fine play as well. Yeah. I like Rozier's price on DraftKings a lot at 6,900. It just seems too cheap for a guy. I mean, he's still producing most nights. Um, yeah. I like this price a lot for him outside of that. I don't really love anything here for Charlotte. Um, I think if you wanted to take like large field tournaments, if you're playing against thousands and thousands of people in a very top heavy tournament and you wanted to take some shots on DSJ, if the game got out of hand, he could be someone they give an extra few minutes to try to get his legs back under him. Um, so large, large field tournament play only on DSJ. Uh, he's only they, been because back, they what, also games? have Cody Martin back um, and he did play 20 minutes in his in his last game yeah. back that that one does worry me a little bit but like I kind of think all of these starters have super high ceilings but they, like they also have low floors they're volatile but they're all people I'd want to get over the field on in tournaments PJ Washington 5x is pretty much his floor at this price if uh, 4x and not the bare minimum um, Mason Plumley, like what if he just stays out of foul trouble and they want him to play 34, 35 minutes to clog up the key with Giannis in there? He's had, what, three games over 40 fantasy points in his last six? I think he's interesting for tournaments, but, like, Rozier is the one that's going to project the best and I like the best. But don't don't forget about uh, Plumlee, Washington, and McDaniels on DraftKings, and then uh, maybe none of them on FanDuel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you gotta you gotta shop the site you're playing on. That's for sure. So, um, that's it for me on the Charlotte side and the Milwaukee side. I mean, Giannis is on another level right now. Uh, over 70 fantasy points in four straight games. He had a 30-20-10 game the other night. Um, that's three of his last four games. He's had at least 20 rebounds. Um, Charlotte is the worst rebounding team in the NBA. I mean, Giannis could absolutely smash in this spot. Outside of Giannis, though, I kind of could be talked into Brooke Lopez. I love centers against Charlotte. I think if this game stays close, he could put up 35 to 45 fantasy points. Um, what are your thoughts here on Milwaukee? 
This feels like a super interesting way to get some leverage in tournaments and just say to yourself, I'm going to play one of Giannis, Brooke Lopez, and Bobby Portis on every single one of my lineups. Because this is what, like, that would, don't get me wrong, you're going to be probably wasting some money along that process because you're going to be 10x the field if you're playing, say you're playing 150, 10x the field on Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez, and it's going to feel uncomfortable. But Lopez and Port, like, Portis has a great floor. He seems to be getting over 30 fantasy points in every game. Brooke Lopez has a great ceiling because of his three-point shooting and his ability to block shots. Giannis is the best play on the slate. So if you get 50, 60% Giannis, you're going to be over the field on Giannis if he, if he does really well. And if he does poorly, well, you can almost take it to the bank as a guarantee that one of Portis or, or Brooke Lopez are going to be having a really big game in his place. If it's a blow, if it's a bit more of a blowout, it'll probably be Portis. If it's a close game and Giannis is in foul trouble, it could be either one of them. And so I think that's a real interesting stand to take in tournaments today, because Giannis is probably the best play on the slate, and both Portis and uh, Lopez are going to be great GPP flyers. Yep, I agree with you 100. I don't think I played Drew today. I really need Drew to come back, like, and just I need to see like a 35 minute game. Like I need to see like he's past this illness. I need to see a 35 minute game, especially 8,100. All right. Cruising right along six down five to go Detroit at San Antonio. This is a basketball game. It's happening tonight. It's a two thirty three total. It's a pick em game. Most places um, on the Detroit side, Bagley remains out. Cunningham remains out and livers remains out on the San Antonio side. Bates Diop is out or Bates Diop is probable. Sorry. Read that wrong. Vassal is out. Josh Richardson is questionable. Uh, we'll go Detroit first. <sighs> this is a game I want to target. It might be the ugliest basketball game you watch all season, or at least this week. But, I mean, this game seems like it has a lot of upside. The most annoying part is there's 10 players in this game who have the potential to absolutely smash their salary, but all of them have such wildly low floors too. Like a perfect example is just pull up Jaden Ivey's game log. 29, 17, 5, 32, 24, 32, 26, 26, 43, 18, 16, 16. Like such a volatile player. Obviously he's a rookie, so that makes sense. Um, But these guys just have, such high upside all of Alec Burks, Killian Hayes and Jaden and uh, Jaden Ivy. Each one of them could put up a 40 point game, but we don't really know which one of them it's going to be. Um, Boyan Bogdanovich has a very high ceiling. If he's shooting the ball, well, six, three is just starting to get a little bit pricey. Um, Jalen Duran is another guy that has a good, has a good ceiling for that uh, price but a real, real low floor as well. So um, if Sadiq Bey lands as a last spot in your lineup, well, he could play 30 minutes and have 50 fantasy points like he did last week. Or he could just play about 15 minutes and uh, and bum your lineup. So there's six or seven players on Detroit that I would almost consider leaving in my pool if I'm running 150. All of them have high upside, and I don't feel confident about any which one of them. 
Yeah, and you'd be using your groups to really limit how much you get exposure to these guys on the same teams. Um, my favorite's probably Hayes, with um, Duran probably second. I think he is very much in play, especially on DraftKings where you can play two centers. Technically, you could probably play more depending on position eligibility. Um, San Antonio side, I mean, no Vassal definitely helps. Johnson, 6,800. He seems like looking through like court IQ, he seems to get the biggest bump. Um, I mean, Trey Jones is 5,700. The problem is like San Antonio's rotations are just so hard to figure out right now. Trey Jones, I think, might be one of my more favorite plays on the slate. Um, I just kind of feel like he's got the 5x4 at that price tag. That's a good price tag for him that you're fine with landing on, even with Vassell in the lineup. This matchup against Detroit, where they just run out so many guards, I like this spot for him, uh, for him quite a bit. They're like This is just repeat everything we just said about Detroit. Um, I feel a lot more comfortable about the floors of Keldon Johnson and Trey Jones, as well as Jakob Pertle. But outside of the, and all three of those are strong plays, like Pertle at 5,800, that's too cheap for him. Um, this entire team on DraftKings is just way cheaper than they should be. They're all priced up on FanDuel, so I don't have as much of interest getting to them there. But Keldon and Jones and Pertle are all great point per dollar plays. Jeremy Sohan should be fine at that price, but that's another player, super low floor, super high ceiling. He could 10x that salary. He could score eight fantasy points. Um, and then like, if you, if you were to get Josh Richardson out, like Romeo Langford or, or Miles Branham could have 30 minutes, but I don't think I want to, I don't think I want to get to either of those guys. I don't think we need to get to either of those guys. Shohan at 46 is someone else I'll be taking some shots on. Um, yeah, this is just a team. You just, you have to be so very careful with this team. <laughs> That's the best way to say it. Both of these teams, like this whole game, there's probably like two or three really relevant players in this game, but it's like, who are they going to be? This is a beautiful, straightforward slate with certain value pieces, some that are obvious, some less obvious, some clear stands you can take and ways to get different. And then this game just throws it all in a loop. Because anything could happen. Yeah, for sure. All right, moving on. We got Cleveland at Denver, 227.5 total here. Uh, the Nuggets, a 7.5 point favorite with the Mitchell news. It was it was a lot lower earlier. Um, back-to-back for Denver, right? They were playing a back-to-back, and then on the Cleveland side, Garland's questionable. Mitchell's out. Uh, Rubio's out. White and Windler remain out. So, I mean, we're really watching this Garland news. Because, I mean, if he's in, love him in this spot. If he's out, Levert is 5,800 and NATO is 3,400. They just become fantastic plays if we get the news that Garland's going to sit too. 
Yeah, 100%. Levert would be my favorite. Nato would be in an absolute smash spot. He's been playing, he's been uh, getting kind of teens minutes lately, and he's just always been about a point per minute producer. So if he's going to be in the starting lineup, he's going to be probably the chalkiest and one of the clear best value plays on the slate. Um, if Garland is in, I'm going to have a lot of interest in him. Um, Mobley and Allen are kind of always fine, but uh, it's really all about this. Dari- waiting for the Darius Garland news because he'll be a fantastic play if he's in. But if he's not, then obviously we got a ton of value opening up over there. I was trying to figure out if maybe we're going to be seeing like some resting because it's back-to-backs for Denver. You know, we often see Jamal Murray resting on a back-to-back. But as we speak right now, Denver is playing, but they're also up by 40 points in the second quarter to uh, the Clippers. Yeah, I noticed that too. They are absolutely smashing. So that's <laughs> good. That's good for your back-to-back kind of thing. So, I mean, this, this whole matchup really depends for me on Garland. If Garland's out, I, I'm playing at least two Cleveland players in this game and hoping the game stays close. On the Denver side, I mean, Jokic is just capable of monster games. But, I mean, you're – I think the guy you really want to look at here is Jamal Murray. Like, Garland – if Garland sits him and Mitchell are good defensively, like that's a huge upgrade for Jamal Murray in this spot. If these two guys are out, isn't Mitchell pretty like significantly bad defensively. Isn't that like, maybe the it's one... Garland Garland's the good yeah. defender, right? Garland's a pretty good defender, I think, but like in specific matchups, cause he's quite small. Um, but uh, like, it's not like we're really worried about Karis Levert and Raul Nado locking anybody up. Um, I, I kind of want to take a wait and see approach here on this Denver side. Like if we get Jamal Murray sitting on a back-to-back, then I have a lot of interest in Bruce Brown and Bones Highland. But if not, I don't think I really want to get to anybody other than uh, Jokic in this spot in large field tournaments. And that's still not somebody I'm going to want to get to a ton. The last player that we kind of forgot about on uh, Cleveland that I think is super interesting, especially if we get Garland out as a $3,900 Chetty Osmond. Without Garland, he'll probably even get a little bit of ball handling point guard run, and he's been playing 30-plus minutes lately. So with that price tag, I think he's a viable salary-saving option uh, if Garland's out. Garland's the fifth-best defensive point guard in the league so far this season. There it is. Where's Mitchell? I'm looking up shooting guard really quick. Because I could be – it could just he be my bias. top Hansen defender this season at shooting There you guard. go. See, I thought I... – you. yeah, I thought so. Well, so so I in in Utah, I don't know if it was a scheme thing or what, but like they'd have wildly better defensive metrics with him off the court. Um, with him on the court, he'd be like the only minus defender there. And so I don't. It must have been a scheme thing because like if he's picking it up in Cleveland, then obviously the rest of their team, their uh, their interior is great defensively as well. But it's kind of interesting how you can see that big of a difference to a player depending on where they go. Karis Levert is second, by the way, in shooting guards. Cleveland's a really tough defensive team. They're really, really tough. All right. Um, I think that's it from this one. We got the Clippers at Minnesota. Yeah, Clippers at Minnesota. Um, Back-to-back, no total out for this game. McLaughlin's out. Carl Anthony Towns is out. Reed and Forbes are questionable. Um. And then on the Clippers side, I mean, it's the second end of a back-to-back. 
Paul George, um, I mean, he's been dealing with this hamstring. And who knows if they play Kawhi on the second end of a back-to-back. But, I mean, they might just sit these guys out the rest of the, tonight's game or Thursday night's game. So who knows? Uh, what are your thoughts here on the Clippers? Zubats at 5K is a very interesting price tag for him. The ceiling is very high there. Um, if everybody is in, I have no interest. If all of a sudden Paul George and Kawhi Leonard out, are out, then yeah, fire up Norm Powell. Fire up a little Marcus Morris. Fire up some Reggie Jackson. Um, maybe even some Terrence Mann. Just going to depend on the starting lineup. But if everybody's in, it's kind of a blanket statement. I realize it's not all that helpful, but it's true. If everybody's in, you can basically just scratch off this team. Um, except uh, if and if everybody's out, um, if or sorry, if George and Leonard are out, then all of a sudden it's one of the top places for value on the slate. Yeah, I mean. They're up 38 with two minutes to go in the second quarter. So who knows what we're going to see for the Clippers here. Um, If Kawhi and Paul George sit, Norman Powell, 4,800, fantastic play. Um, Terrence Mann, 3,800 becomes a great play. Yeah, I mean, you you nailed it, right? Like these, if these two guys sit, so much potential value here for the Clippers. Minnesota side. I mean, Edwards is like your point, like ceiling guy. Doesn't do much else outside of scoring. Um, Rudy Gobert seems like a good matchup for him. I think he could have a really good game here against Zubach. Um, What are your thoughts here on Minnesota? Rudy Gobert is a price tag that stood out to me. D'Angelo Russell always has a ceiling. And it's like you said, Anthony Edwards is just playing some fantastic basketball lately. So he's interesting as well. Um, if you get Nas Reed out for this one, um, he's he's questionable right now. Like if he's out, I do think Jalen McDaniel, Jaden McDaniel's apology and uh, Kyle Anderson both could have some ceilings if their minutes get up there. Um, just because Nas Reed has been playing a little bit of four alongside Rudy Gobert lately. Um but other than that, it's mostly just Edwards is the best one, and then and then Gobert and Russell in tournaments. Yeah, I want to see what's happening here with the Clippers. Um, face it, people, I have a lot more interest in Minnesota. Um, Anderson's cheap. I like him for value. I think we're just going to have better value today. So I don't know if I end up on him or not. I, I really think like it's probably Gobert and it's probably Edwards for me on Minnesota today. And maybe a cheap piece or two um, from the Clipper side if everyone sits. But if everyone plays, probably don't have a ton of interest in this one. Miami at Phoenix. This game is currently 216 and a half total. Lowest total on the slate by a good margin. The Heat, a one and a half point favorite in this one um on the miami side Haslam is questionable caleb martin is questionable duncan robinson's out your sevens out on the phoenix side devin booker's out crowder Payne, and johnson out what do you like here from miami i would go to lineup hq and set myself a rule in the build rule setting that i would play no more than one player from either of these teams not the type of game i'd be looking at game stack at the prices, I think Bam, Adebayo, Harrow, and Kyle Lowry at five six, all have tournament ceilings. They each of them could have a good game. I don't think it'll be more than one of them, 
So I wouldn't want to get crazy exposure to any one of those people, but I do think all of them do have some ceilings. And so a $7,800 hero on FanDuel and a $5,600 Lowry on DraftKings would probably be my favorites, but I'm not planning more than one of these guys per, per team, and I'm still not that interested in it. Yeah, I don't really have a ton of interest in this game. I might just cross this game off and hope that no one really goes bonkers. Um, I just, I mean, the production is going to come through a few guys. So I, I'm with you, though, like setting a, a rule for max of one um, from each of these teams is fine. I mean, Bam at 8,900. I'm not playing Hero on DraftKings. I'm probably not playing Butler on DraftKings. Uh, even like Bam's price, like it's a good spot. It's just, yeah, just, I don't know. Um, for me on the Miami side, I don't have a ton of interest. And in, like even on the Phoenix side, I don't have a ton of interest in this game. I will say Victor Oladipo continues to play 30 minutes a night and he's still 4,700. I still like that for large field tournaments. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, I, even on the... kinda, I, I overlooked that one. I don't mind the Oladipo call. Um, he might end up being like my favorite Miami player. Yeah. And like, as crazy as it sounds, my favorite play from Phoenix is probably Shamit. So uh, maybe I'm looking at like the value guys here. Aiton, it's a tough matchup. Um, <sighs> he had those two big days. It's three. Yeah. Two big days. I just can't. He's had such a. Like we've seen an extended period of time with him, of him just being a terrible fantasy point per minute producer. And so, yes, he's been having some games where he's put up a ton of shots. So I guess the ceiling is there, but it's just a 4,500 uh, salary. I don't think that's for me. It's still a max one, but it's only going to be Paul Aiton and Bridges in a pool for me. Yeah, fair enough. Um. I think that's it for me on Phoenix. We'll move on. Atlanta at LA, take it on the Lakers. 234 and a half total. Pick them game. I mean, some places have Atlanta minus one. On the Hawks, Capella's out. On the Lakers, um, Brown Jr. is questionable. Anthony Davis is out. LeBron is probable. Damian Jones is questionable. Reeves is out. Lonnie Walker is out. And Westbrook is probable. So a couple notable names that we'll talk about here in a second. Going to the Atlanta side, I mean, Trey Young loves going to L.A. and playing the Lakers, so I think he's a phenomenal tournament play today. Trey Young is a phenomenal tournament play. DeJounte Murray is a fine tournament play. He's finally been playing some better basketball recently. Um, John Collins' price is finally matching up to his production, but I still think he is in play as well. Bogdanovich in play. Okongwu in play. Um, and my favorite Hawk today is going to be DeAndre Hunter playing immediately back high thirties in his first couple games back um, and performing very, very well with no Capella on the court. Yeah. Um, I, I do like that call. You know, he's someone that could really excel, excel in this game and back to back 40 minute games. Again, that's all you needed to see. On the Lakers side of this game, I think LeBron is very interesting. Um, I think Schroeder is just going to need to play a bunch of minutes here with Reeves and um, Walker out. The guy that, like, I mean, if Troy Brown Jr. plays at 3,900, 
he's going to play a bunch of minutes, but I mean, LeBron's just going to be a usage monster in this game. So, I mean, maybe you take some large field tournaments on like a Mac, Max Christie, but I don't see myself getting there. If we also get Troy Brown Jr. out and just all these wings are gone, I think I would maybe take some shots in a large field tournament on Wenyan Gabriel, somebody we've seen um, be a strong point per minute producer if he ever does get the minutes. However, I'm mostly just interested in whoever starts for LA. Yeah. I think basically whoever starts <laughs> is a good play. Um, yep. Most of the people who soak up minutes but aren't all that strong of fantasy point producers like Walker and Reeves, they're going to be out. So Patrick Beverly is really the only one of those type of guys left. And so outside of Pat Bev, who is still, I think, somewhat fine as a last piece, especially if you're just looking at him as a holdover piece as you wait for some news, um, anybody who's in the starting lineup as well as Russell Westbrook, I think is in play for LA. This is going to be a, cause it's the late night hammer. I think maybe not everyone in this game is going to be low owned, but I do think this is going to be a very sneaky game stack to play more than two, uh, one or two players from. All right, let's play the morning grind game and then we'll get out of here. DraftKings pricing, DraftKings scoring Friday edition, TJ favorite play under 5k to go seven X. Who do you got here night before? Favorite K favorite play under 5k to go seven X. I got to say we are really good at uh, ripping through shows quickly, just especially on these big slates. We don't mess around just with all of these, every single guys, you know what I mean? It's just like, bam, onto the next one, onto the next one. Cause there are too many games on the slate and I don't know who I want to play, or I do know who I want to play. That was clearly me wasting time. Here we are. And I'm going to go with Denny Avdia. All right. I can get behind that. I'm going to go Jalen Duran, um, 4,900 draws an excellent matchup here. Um, I like the spot a lot for him. So I'll go with him under over 8k to go under 5x. Who's your bus today? I'm going to go with bam at a bio. Like that one. I am going to go to the same team. I'm going to say Tyler hero. Favorite 6X play today? Trey Jones. Okay. Didn't see that one coming. Um, I think we're going to see a I monster monster. Trey Jones. Yeah. I just didn't, I didn't expect that. Like, um, I think we're going to see a monster game today from um, Trey Young. So I'm going to go Trey Young today. I think we're seeing a big game from him today. Oh my gosh. Switch my, take out Denny Avdia and reinsert uh, DeAndre Hunter for me. Not that I don't think there's these like important stakes and standings going on in the morning grind game, but I'm up by a lot. Well, I mean, you are on every day. Yeah, I know. I'm up by a lot on just the co-hosts in general um, because I don't keep track of the stats and I'm the host, so I'm allowed to say I'm up by a lot. Oh, yeah, Um, that's fair. Um, Well, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Sub out out, uh, Denny Avdia for me and put in DeAndre Hunter. We are up overall on the um, morning grind game sleeper year. So, I mean, that's always good. Let's get weird GPP play of the day. Who do you got today? Maybe should have left Trey Jones for that spot. But uh, I'm going to go with this guy just because he popped into my head and he think he's got a high ceiling. And I'm going to go, even though we barely talked about him, Thomas Bryant. Okay. Yeah, I don't. we didn't talk about him much at all. Um, all right. 
I get behind that. I'm going to go Brooke Lopez. I don't think Brooke Lopez is going to be popular today. I, I like this spot for him, man. Like, if anyone has listened to the podcast this season, then you know how much I like big guys against Charlotte. They're terrible at rebounding. Um, give me Brooke Lopez today. Uh, any bets, anything standing out to you here with Lions night before? doesn't feel right that uh, Philly's favored by so much without Embiid. And so uh, getting to a little Chicago exposure, I think, would be the one that I'm most interested in. Yeah, as of right now, Action Network has it. Um, Fandle has it plus five, minus 112. Um, so getting five points in that matchup, I think, is is really good. So uh, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, I mean, I like the Timberwolves minus four and a half. I think the Clippers are going to rest, guys. So I would jump on that line. Um, I mean, Action Network has it. DraftKings minus four and a half or minus 110. So that's the one that I will jump on. So that's it. That's going to wrap it up here for Friday. It's been a fantastic week. Hope everyone has had a fantastic week. Um, We'll be back Monday talking some more hoops. Have a fantastic weekend. And we'll see you on Monday.